Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mesa Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy joined by Scotty White here with you on Monday night, December 5th, headed into Tuesday, December 6th, coming off a great weekend. And what a weekend it was in Indianapolis for the Michigan Wolverines. Your back-to-back Big Ten champion. Scotty White, what's going on, man? How good does that sound right there? Dude, that is music to my ears. Never th- never thought we would be able to be saying that, and it feels so good. I'm doing great. Um, still still riding the high. I said the same thing last week after the Ohio State win, and things just keep getting better as a, as a Michigan fan. They, they really do, man. Um, like you said, you never I, – I didn't think, you know, th- that we would be in this spot as fans. Right. right. You know, I mean, there was there was no real indication of it happening. Michigan had gotten close a couple of times. But, you know, last year it happens all the 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 pent up, you know, aggression. It felt like going into the Ohio State game felt like something was changed. They had the leadership on the team and they went out and did it, you know, and then beat mm-hmm. Iowa first Big Ten championship. And it just it felt so surreal to get that one. You come into this year, you know, you lose some coordinators, you lose some top guys on the defensive side of the football, you make a quarterback change. We were wondering about the leadership. A lot of young guys uh, that were going to be contributing on this team. Could they do it? Ohio State, you know, everyone mentioned, and I bought into the hype a little bit, that they were going to have maybe the greatest offense in college football history. How was Michigan going to get through this season and beat Ohio State again, especially in Columbus? And guess what? They just got better here this year, Scotty. And, and yeah. you know, they beat up on a lot of teams. I, I think it gets overlooked a little bit. Either than, uh, other than Illinois, excuse me, every game was won by multiple scores. Every single game on the schedule, including Penn State, including Ohio State. And I think Michigan maybe was shell-shocked a little bit when Corum went down in the Illinois game. You know, they didn't really have an answer for that. But obviously, Donovan Edwards has, has stepped up since then. And then you, you go to Indianapolis – and I got to give uh, Purdue a lot of credit here, first and foremost, yeah, man. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, he's legit. Charlie Jones, mm-hmm. legit, oh man. Gosh, they yeah. were they they were a formidable opponent. There's no question about it. They were just a thorn. They just didn't go away. Even when Michigan starts up fourteen nothing right away uh, in, in that third quarter, they, they never went away. And you know there, there was even a little danger time until Will Johnson came up with some big plays. In yeah. the second half, uh, but but per- Purdue got to give them their flowers here. An incredible season, a very formidable foe uh, in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, dude. I mean, Jeff Brom, he he had the game plan. Um, you know, they they came out with the fake punt and they executed it. The uh, the fake flea flicker was something that I have not really seen before, <laughs> and honestly, it was it was it worked out great. I was like, wow, like. I can't even be mad about that. I'm going to give them credit. That's a great play. And then the very next play, Will Johnson gets an interception. Um, so it was it was good to be able to see such a unique play and then not have it hurt us. Um, but, yeah, dude, I mean, the young guys stepping up on this team. I mean, like you said, Blake Corum, Michigan's heart and soul on offense this year, goes out for the, out for the year. Um, and Donovan Edwards has just been incredible. I mean – he had another huge game in the Big Ten Championship, won MVP of the game. Um, and, dude, Colston Loveland is a true freshman. Will Johnson is a true freshman. And these are the guys that are making the winning plays. And and J.J. McCarthy, dude, he's playing his best football of the year right now. I mean, the last two games, I, I honestly thought, like, there weren't the really the long touchdown passes in, in the Purdue game, but I really thought he just played such a good start-to-finish complete game. Very, very 
comparable to the game he put up um, against Ohio State. He made some really impressive throws, just escaping pressure. Obviously, he had the one. He looked like he got a little bit too confident on his interception, but, you know, only his third pick of the year um, when really that that was kind of the, the concern with J.J. going into this season was, you know, Cade's the guy that really doesn't put the ball in harm's way. Um, but only three interceptions from JJ this year, and and he really seems to be playing his best football at the right time for sure. Yeah, JJ is really taking care of the football this year, uh, and he's just gotten better throughout the year. He was spinning that thing on Saturday, man. He was uh, like you said, and, and you talk about the young guys, right? I mean, JJ McCarthy, true sophomore, Donovan Edwards. True sophomore. You, you got Will Johnson as a true freshman. You, you've got Mason Graham as a true freshman. Derek Moore as a freshman. Um, you've you've got Junior Colson who's a sophomore. Rod Moore is a sophomore. I mean, the the amount of guys that are, are young guys legitimately stepping up on this team is truly truly remarkable. And it's just a great mixture of, of vets and these young guys who are playing like juniors and seniors and upperclassmen here. And this team, it's on a mission. The offensive line, I mean, Purdue, and give them credit, they were trying their hardest to, to win the line of scrimmage, but eventually, just like everyone else here this year, they got wore down. Donovan Edwards busted a couple of big ones, and, and that was that. And that's the explosiveness that Donovan Edwards has. And, man, with just one hand, when we get to the college football playoff, he's probably going to have both hands to right, work with, and right. that is a scary thought. Yeah, that's going to be huge because he's a huge threat in the passing game too. And obviously it's pretty hard to catch a pass when you've got a big cast on your hand. So <laughs> having that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, having – it's just such, such a luxury, you know, losing out on Blake Corum and then you've got a guy like Edwards right behind him that can come in and, and pick up that load and he's just been awesome. Um, and it's – you can tell that these guys are just vocal leaders on the team too. And when they – eventually get into these positions as upperclassmen when you know these guys are gonna be voted captains it's and it's and it's really really their team it's it's gonna be a thing of beauty um and it, it really is just such a luxury to have young talented players like that that are already having this sort of leadership on the team they're just gonna be so ready and experienced when they're upperclassmen yeah and i know you mentioned them but i, I forgot to even just mention colson loveland you know the true yeah. freshman who came down with the the game's first touchdown pass an incredible pitch and catch from jj mccarthy to him on that little back shoulder throw into double coverage so mm-hmm. i mean you know michigan they did what they did the second half again unbelievable yeah. actually giving up nine points was an anomaly uh yeah. you know P- purdue was actually able to move the football a little bit I, I was really impressed with their game but ultimately it was a bend don't break performance in the second half for michigan they went on to score touchdowns purdue settled for field goals that's your difference mm-hmm. in the game and it's a 21 point victory yeah dude that's been so big for michigan in the past couple weeks is that red zone defense i mean purdue outgained michigan they had 456 yards michigan had 386 purdue had 27 first downs michigan had 17 i mean like you said o'connell dude he was I mean, him him and Stroud, definitely the two best quarterbacks I'd say Michigan's faced this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Purdue got into the red zone and threatened to score, and there was a couple of interceptions. Uh, I think one of them was in the red zone. The first yeah, one, one, I think one, the second one was deep in their own territory. Yeah, it was Will Johnson's first one there came on the one-yard line. But then, yeah. you know, and then, you know, Michigan wasn't able to do much from there, and that was a bit of a concern. Purdue's defense tightened up, but then, like you said, you know, uh, Purdue backed up in their, deep in their own territory. It was 28-19. All of a sudden, hey, Purdue's just right. got to go and get a score some way, somehow. Then 
Will Johnson makes an incredible play, like a play that you don't expect a true freshman to be making. And the strides right. he's made this year, I mean, five-star good a five-star, right? Shout out to yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, good Lord, what a play that was, on, particularly on that second interception. And that was really the game ender, right? Because, uh, you know, Michigan yeah. scores there, and, and it felt like that was, the, that was the finishing blow to Purdue, and Michigan added one more for, uh, for, for good measure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a true freshman making the game winning play. And then I was a little nervous too because I mean, Michigan went two plays for it set up a third and eleven, and then just an incredible pass and a great catch from Ronnie Bell for the touchdown. Um, Ooh, and man, and, was know, that a strike, bro? That was such a good throw, dude. And in the in the touchdown pass to Scoon, make all three of the touchdown passes from JJ in that game were were so good. I mean, on the run, and and that one to Schoonmaker was on was on a third and and decently long as well. Um, really, JJ's ability to to just create a play when he's under pressure is is quite incredible. Um, but yeah, that was that was Will Johnson making essentially the game clinching play as a true freshman after he already has such a crucial interception when Purdue's threatening to score. And man, the doesn't the tone kind of surrounding this team just feel different like this team feels like like a national title contender in the sense that you know I think they talked about it they were happy to vanquish Ohio State that's what last year was right that was the the whole goal all year yeah you're playing to win the games and everything but all year there there was one major goal above the rest and that was to vanquish the Ohio State demon they did it went on to win the Big Ten championship and it felt like man you know, they, this team, they accomplished what they set out to do this year, right? And then right. they they matched up against a, a Georgia defense that had, what, nine people taken off of it yeah. in, the, in the NFL draft. Uh, and it ultimately just didn't work out for them. But it, it felt like, okay, you know, Michigan beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten championship for the first time since 2003, successful season. But all those guys, you, you know, you remember the picture of J.J. and, oh, yeah. and Donovan Edwards oh, yeah. and Andrell Anthony watching the celebration that Georgia had um, in the Orange Bowl last year, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they have a different mindset coming into this year. Um, and this year, and you felt that after the game, right? Even after Michigan went in and whooped up on Ohio State in Columbus, yeah, they were excited, but J.J., job's not finished. You know, Mozzie yep. Smith earlier in the week, uh, he said, you know, uh, we're on to Purdue. We don't ride emotional highs over a year. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Michigan goes to Indy, wins a Big Ten championship for the second straight year, finishes a perfect 13-0 and season, only Michigan team ever to win 13 games in a, re- in a single season. And they're all saying, man, job ain't finished. We're, we're not satisfied yeah. with this. We, we have one goal in mind this year. And that is to win the national championship. Now, whether or not they can accomplish that, Georgia is certainly going to have something to say about that. TCU is going to have something to say about that at the end of the yeah. day, man. That's still a good football team. Please do not overlook the horn front. Well, I mean, you can. I, I don't really care. You're a fan. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying for your own mental health here, you know, uh, yeah. think about think about that a little bit. But, I, I mean, <clears> the, the, it feels a workmanlike attitude that the Wolverines have this year that maybe they didn't uh, a year ago. And that's, that's not saying anything about last year's team because – Look, man, they were the one that got this ball rolling. If if last year doesn't happen, if those players on that team don't accomplish what they accomplished, Michigan can't have this attitude headed into this year. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I definitely feel a different feeling going in. You know, obviously, just being uh, a big Michigan fan going into any game, I kind of just I I have confidence that Michigan will win any game. But, you know, going into that Georgia game, you kind of see the stat 
Bearcats, you see the guys that they have. And it's more of a, oh, you know, like this is a Michigan team of destiny. They beat Ohio State instead of a Michigan really looks like the best. I mean, dude, that Georgia team last year was absolutely insane. Like they they were they were a better team. But I mean, dude, Michigan and Michigan was a was a decent underdog in that game. I think the line was around seven. Seven and a, it was seven and a half, I think yeah. closed, yeah. And and Michigan opened up in this playoff against TCU as a nine and a half point favorite. Like Michigan's supposed to win this game. And honestly, the the thing for me about all of this is just like I, I always had my hopes of of Michigan getting to this point. But the fact that it happened after the two and four season, I mean, like everything just seemed to be done. Like it seemed like the hope was over for the jar for the Harbaugh era. And I don't know how they did it, but it just and it's it's an unbelievably incredible turnaround that this program has had the last two years. Well, I think it was Ronnie Bell that that kind of talked about that a little bit. And he said what it did last year was squeeze out or I mean, in 2020, not last year. Uh, it, it squeezed out all the stuff that they didn't need. You know, it, it yeah. said it, it was a really dark time and said, <laughs> if you didn't truly love the game, you weren't going to make it through that year. And and we saw it. A lot of guys ended up transferring out that were probably for the betterment of the locker room. And, and you know, ultimately what it came down to, Scotty, is those who stay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, dude. Those who stay have now become back-to-back champions. Absolutely. Um, and you know, Michigan, you know, losing a couple guys on that offensive line this year, last year, but they were strategic uh, about this transfer portal thing. Like, uh, a lot of guys, I mean, you think of USC and and that really restarted the program, Lincoln Riley, bringing in Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and guys like that. All these teams making a lot of big splashes in in the transfer portal. Uh, Alabama went out and got that receiver from Georgia, you know, things, things like that. Michigan, they were, you know, they weren't too crazy with it. You know, they, they went out and got Olu and he's going to be yeah. the, the Remington award winner, man. And the best center in college football. And that should be the back-to-back Joe Moore award winner here this year, this Michigan offensive line, like <laughs> Michigan was, just, they knew what they had coming back. They knew what pieces they needed to fill. And if they could get a guy like that, they're going to bring him in, but they're not just going out in the transfer portal. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about transfers uh, here today, uh, yeah. but, but they're not out there going crazy and revamping the roster. Cause they've built a certain culture within exactly. that program and they've got that buy-in and they bring in a transfer a grad transfer like Olu who has been around the game who has a really really great head on his shoulders you know and they're not going to sacrifice what they've got in the locker room for maybe a little bit of talent all the pieces have to fit and it's certainly worked out here this year for the Wolverines exactly dude I I, I love the methodical approach they Michigan knows exactly like you said the kind of guys that are going to fit the mold and they know the pieces that they need, it's not just going, Oh, there's a really talented player in the portal, even though, you know, we might not need somebody at that position. Well, let's just go get, it's not that Olu is a perfect fit for this team. And I mean, this whole season has been the perfect example of that with the way he's played, the way he's gelled with the team. And, and like you said, he's going to be a Remington award. He's already a finalist should win the award and and Michigan's O-line should be back-to-back Joe Moore award winners. I mean, just an incredible unit. And and to be able to do that again after last year, it's, like I said, man, so many things that happened this year that I can only describe as just incredible and unbelievable. Like, 
never we never grew up with these with these luxuries and just getting it now after not having it just it 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 really does feel so great as a fan you're telling me this is what ohio state has felt like for like the last decade dude this is amazing (laughs) i i really hope that we get to to keep this feeling for as long as that yeah no kidding man um so uh just real quick you know we we've got as of this recording we've got 26 days until michigan kicks off uh, against tcu what were your thoughts uh, on the college football uh playoff selections i thought they got it perfectly Uh, i thought is exactly how it should be TCU should not have dropped the four because at the end of the day TCU won all of their regular season games Ohio State did not TCU had to play an extra game lost by three in overtime to a team they already beat here this year so you I mean you, you could say oh a team that can't beat Kansas State well they already beat Kansas State you know they got stopped at the the one inch line in overtime Duggan was was pretty banged up in that game as well so TCU absolutely did not deserve to fall any lower than three given that they had won all their games and should not be penalized for having to play an extra game while Ohio State sitting on their keister just praying for a a miracle to get in which they did and deservedly so USC looked horrible against Utah I understand the Caleb Williams injury had something to do with it but ultimately I I think the, the the college football playoff committee got this one right with Georgia Ohio State and Michigan TCU. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and you know, it, it does suck for, for, for USC. I mean, they're in the fourth spot and they have to play an extra game and that loss is what knocks them out. But at the end of the day, like you said, it just, they, they, they had a regular season loss. So, you know, they're not in the same boat as TCU who we all kind of knew could lose a game and they were likely still going to be in the playoff. Um, and yeah, Williams got hurt, but the, the missed tackles for USC was just mind boggling. I mean, they just did not look like a good football team in that game. So you really can't, there's really not much of an argument for USC. Like I, like I said, I get it. It sucks. You have to play an extra game and that's what knocked you out. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the seating was perfect. I was, I was, I was nervous watching that show. I was like, are we going to get a Michigan Ohio state rematch? Like, I, I, I like I like the Michigan Ohio State matchup. I mean, we know Michigan can beat Ohio State. It's just the fact that, that Michigan playing Ohio State in the college football playoff would <laughs> be so, so difficult to watch. I mean, that's either just the highest of highs with the win and the lowest of lows yep. with the loss, just so detrimental. Um and I I will say this, I think that Ohio State is a better team than TCU. So I like the TCU matchup. And I really think that Ohio State is going to give Georgia a hell of a battle. I think that's going to be an incredible game. That's good. I really think I think that they match up better 
with teams that aren't Michigan, honestly, just because I think Michigan has crafted their team to beat Ohio State. They have, but Georgia has crafted a whole hell of a lot like Michigan. That, so that is true. That is true. <laughs> I think I think that that's going to be. A, I'm I'm really excited to see that one. I I, I think it's going to be two really good uh, CFP matchups. I'll tell you what I really like is the four o'clock kick for Michigan. I do. I love that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I last year I'm like, you know, the the ball's dropping, and I'm like super pissed because we just got blown out by Georgia and barely even got to do yep. anything. So we, we got our New Year's Eve back this year. Absolutely, we do, man. And obviously a lot of time between now and when they kick that game off. So we'll have plenty of time uh, to break that one down for oh, you. Yeah. Get to switch gears a little bit. But before we do, big thank you to Manscaped providing support for Brewcast and Maze and Brew. And Manscaped wants to help you out where you can join 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Their products are amazing. You got to check out that performance package and the Platinum package. The Platinum package has everything the performance package has, but you get some shower goodies. That Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, it's a remarkable. It's got like that Nick Guard thing, helps reduce risks, uh, reduce the risk of ingrown hairs. We know those are uh, just absolutely a, a nuisance to be quite honest with you. You got the weed whacker, uh, you've got the the deodorant and the toner, and now with the platinum package, you get the ultra premium shampoo, the ultra premium deodorant. You're going to be feeling, smelling, looking good. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Head to manscaped.com. We're going to get you 20% off and free shipping. All you have to do is insert code promo code MNB20. That's MNB20 at manscaped.com. So shifting gears here a little bit, Scotty, uh, earlier tonight, the Heisman finalists were announced. Blake Corum, not amongst them. In an interesting cast of characters between Caleb Williams, uh, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett, and Max Duggan. So uh, all quarterbacks headed to New York. Um, Blake Corum getting hurt in the uh, first half of the Illinois game, even though he uh, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown in that game when he got hurt. Uh, wasn't able to go against Ohio State. That seemed to, to be enough to push him out of New York. Yeah, Luke, I am I'm honestly shocked to see that. Like I I and and really shocked that Hendon Hooker wasn't in there too. I mean That's that's the is, one that's really, really shocking for me. Right. Like, is it really just the fact that these two guys got injured that knocks them out of I mean That's I, crazy because this is a full season, man. You know, yeah. at the at the end of the day, and those guys were absolutely remarkable, both um, you know, Hendon Hooker and Blake Corum. For a vast majority, it's it's not like they played half the season or three quarters of right. the season. You know, they got hurt in, in the penultimate uh penultimate games. Um and I you know, I, I don't think you should necessarily be punished for it. I, I think in Corum's case, Scotty, to be quite honest with you, I think the success that Donovan Edwards has had uh, has kind of hurt his case a, a little bit in, in eyes of, in eyes of the voters. Uh, seeing what, uh, even though Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards do it completely differently, um, I think that has hurt his case. I don't think it should, but I think it has. Uh, in Hendon Hooker's mm -hmm. case, absolutely ridiculous that he's not a Heisman finalist. Yeah, yeah, no, that's especially that with Stetson be going um, to New York. I mean, come on, dude, I don't understand that at all. Um, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's it's a, a huge quarterback award. But, I mean, even with Bennett, I mean, he's a good quarterback. I haven't even heard his name really mentioned with the award, and it really is just like, oh, he's I, on the I was shocked. I had no yeah. idea Stetson Bennett was even uh, close to being a finalist for this. I, I didn't either, and I remember at the beginning of the season, I saw him at plus 10,000 to win it, and I was like, hmm, maybe I'll throw a dollar on that. And I was like, nah, like, 
he's there's no way but and now here he is and i he shouldn't be i mean blake corum is so much more important to the michigan team than i think any of those guys are obviously i'm a little biased but i was i was really stunned and and honestly i mean i don't even i think they'll probably give it to caleb williams but i don't i don't really know to be honest with you out of those four I, I think it's I think it's going to be Caleb Williams regardless. Yeah. I, I mean he he battled through that hamstring injury in the the Pac-12 championship game. He did, um, and I think obviously I mean if, if they had found a way if he had found a way to get them a win in that game then it certainly without a question uh, would be him. It it probably still will be, but I mean I don't know. I just I feel like this is a a group of Heisman finalists where I just feel like. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the best the best class of finalists compared to past years. Yeah, no, it it really. I, I agree with you 100%, man. It feels kind of yeah. gross, to be honest with you. It does. I, I don't know. It's been an interesting college football season. No real one player has really stuck out uh, amongst the rest, you know. But, yeah, I, you know, Caleb Williams got the gaudy stats. He's put up some big performances. And, you know, the, the Pac-12, maybe the Pac-12 deserves one, you know, for Christian McCaffrey not, not getting it back in the day. That that is true, um, but yeah, I mean, really, the the thing that just bumps me out the most is knowing that Corum probably would have had over two hundred yards against Ohio State and and uh, another two hundred yards against Purdue, and he he honestly probably would have won the award if he stayed healthy, and that's that's the that's the heartbreaker there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, Blake Corum not going to New York. It, it's a bummer. I, I gotta I gotta admit, I'm not total. I'm not totally surprised though. Yeah, I was I was. I mean, after the injury, I was I was kind of starting to to wonder, but I I really thought he was still going to get the nod. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, they've played two games without him, you know, right. and and I understand whether he should or shouldn't. I I, I think Blake Corum did plenty to mm-hmm. to be deserving of an invite to New York, but knowing kind of how this plays out, it's an out of sight, out of mind thing, you know, especially at the end of the season when you're finally casting those ballots, you know. Definitely. And and you kind of come to expect it with, with the, with the Heisman committee. Yeah. And, and that's why, why the most surprising to me, and it sounds like you as well was Hendon Hooker because he is a quarterback. So that's why it was, was the most surprising to me. I mean, they, they, they love their quarterbacks there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one final thing that we have to touch on here, transfer portal news, uh, Kate <clears throat> McNamara headed to Iowa and sounds like, uh, you know, we haven't had any official word. Eric all is transferring. Uh, but the rumblings are that uh, Eric All is going to be joining his uh, 2021 quarterback um, in, in Iowa, in, in Iowa City there. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, a couple of things, obviously, um, some tweets set out today by Eric All and Eric All's dad. Some weird energy uh, with, with them yeah. leaving the program. You know, I, I fully expected this. This comes as a shock to me, Scotty. Uh, I fully expected Eric All to to be coming back here this year. Uh, I don't know if there mm-hmm. were conversations behind closed doors, given maybe maybe Michigan really likes what they have in Colson Loveland and Luke Schoonmaker uh, probably coming back. So I, I don't know if there were some conversations had. Sounds like maybe some sour grapes uh, amongst those guys. I, I don't know. I, I'm you know you can read into into Eric All's tweets as much as you want. You know a little more cryptic. His dad. I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's a, some weird energy coming from him, but sounds like he is none too pleased uh, with, with what's transpired. So, uh, but we don't know the full story uh, at the end of the day. And you know, Michigan's going to have who they have next year, but ultimately, a couple of big losses, especially to uh, to a Big Ten foe. 
Yeah, I mean the Cade transferring was was obviously not not a very big surprise. JJ won the starting job. Cade's good quarterback wants to wants to go out and and finish somewhere where he's gonna get the starting role. But but yeah, Eric All I was fully expecting to come back, and and I don't know what is behind that tweet um, or what his dad said. Um, but yeah, very very weird to just kind of put something out like that on Twitter. Um, when, when you're saying your goodbye, but I mean, I, I think he probably will go to, will go to Iowa with Cade. Um, I wish them the best of luck. Um, and I also don't think that I, obviously you see on Twitter stuff about culture issues. This, this is a division one college football team, dude. There's a hundred people on the roster. Not everyone is going to be a hundred percent happy. We were texting about this earlier. Michigan would not be 13 and 0 and back to back Big Ten champs and go into another college football I playoff mean, ex- if there were culture problems. Exactly, dude. The, the culture problems are, you know, when Michigan had culture problems, 2020. That's when yeah. Michigan had culture problems. They completely shifted everything following that year because it was such a disaster. Michigan does not yeah. have a culture issue. No matter how many friggin' Spartan idiots want to hop on Twitter. <laughs> And, and say it, you know, it, it just, it's not there. It's not a culture problem at all. I mean, yeah. you, you, you've seen what J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards had to say about Jim Harbaugh and the genuine love, you know, um, and, exactly. I, and, and we don't know. I, quite honestly, I, I more than welcome Eric All Sr. To, to lay all out the, the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. be cryptic about it. Be like, don't say you don't want the truth to come out. Let us know, man. Uh, wh- wh- yeah. Why not? You know? Uh, we're not too worried about it. Again, Michigan has won back-to-back Big Ten champs. They're going to a college football playoff, and they got young bucks um, at every level on the offensive-defensive side um, going out there and contributing real, real plays. You know, Michigan's fine for the future. The culture is fantastic. Culture has never been better under Jim Harbaugh. Culture has probably never been better since 1997 in, in, yeah. in Shem Hall. That it is yeah. right now, so I'm I'm not too worried about the culture at Ann Arbor. No, I I am not too worried either. I mean, this kind of stuff. First of all, I mean, I, there's a million. There's so many guys going to the transfer portal every day. Are, are there are there culture problems at, at all their schools? And right. I think if this this big truth that that isn't out, I'm sure that it's in the program, and I think that there would probably be bigger issues than a couple of trans, transfers if it was really that bad. So. Um, yeah, personally, I'm really excited for the college football playoff and I'm not too worried about any culture problems right now. No, no, I am certainly not, but Hey, I wish Kate and I wish Eric all, uh, all the best. Good, good luck to those boys. Uh, we're yeah. at, well, we know where Cade's going and we, you know, anticipate Eric all to be following him over to Iowa and, uh, not necessarily sure that it, it, it might not be over, you know? There might be a couple yeah. more guys that, that want to follow right. Kate and go to Iowa City, and you know we'll, we'll wish them good luck as well. And uh, Michigan's going to play with what they got next year, but not worried about that right now. Michigan's worried about winning a couple of games uh, coming up at the uh, end of December and early in January. Well, Scotty, back to back Big Ten champs. Great talking about with, uh, about it with you here this week. Where can we find you on social media, my man? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore Scotty spelled S-C-O-T-T-Y. All of the podcasts and articles go in there. So give me a follow on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow the Maze and Brew show page as well at Maze and 
Brew, and we've got so much good stuff, so much good content that's going to be coming over the next three weeks as we get ready for the college football playoff. Obviously, Michigan basketball uh, going strong. Too bad. We just need one of those guys to finish out one of these close games against good opponents, um, but uh, we'll see what happens with basketball in the meantime here as we head towards college football playoff. For my partner, Scotty White, I am Luke Giardi, and we will see you next week on Brewcast.